0: Hello, you are listening to the Omnitalk Fast Five, brought to you in partnership with the a and Consumer and Retail Group, Firework, SPS Commerce, and Cezzle Ranked in the top 10% of all podcasts globally, the AmiTalk Fast Five podcast is the podcast that we hope makes you feel a little smarter, but most importantly, a little happier each week too. Buenos dias from Barcelona. Today is May 11th, 2023. I'm your host, Dan Mazinga. And I'm Chris Walton. And we are here once again to discuss the most important headlines from the past week, two weeks actually, two weeks, yes, that highlight how the physical, digital, and human elements of retail are evolving to shape the future. Chris, we're here in the Shop Talk Speaker Lounge. Yeah. We've been in Europe for the last what ten days now, or I have no something. idea, and I've lost count. I've it's, lost count. It's been a while, yeah. we're, but we're still here. We're sur- we're surviving and You're thriving.
1: You're still bringing the energy too. Buenos dias, Barcelona. Like to start, I mean. For yes, you, you, that's a big, that's a big, that's a big step, big move, big move to shout out to Chris is
0: very f- excited that like, he got that line in- Friends uh, of Shop Talk here, week. yeah. Um, we, as you know, we were in Lisbon last week visiting Dan Fon, one Lisbon. of our friends. Yes. And would you like to share with the of audience how would to add. correctly pronounce yes. Dan? Dan instructed us uh, how to say Lisbon.
1: Yeah. According to our loyal Talk fan, Dan Fon, who showed us around- Lisbon all week, which was awesome. If you're ever in Lisbon, sh- look, look him up. Great, yes. great person, great tour guide. Um, just a great guy in general. But he uh, he told us it's Lisboa. Yes, I think Dan, please correct the me if S- I'm wrong.
0: The S is pronounced zh. Z- z- yes, z- which makes for some very means, fun words. And to we say. like a little zh z- in this. We podcast. like a little z- z- Yeah, of course we
1: do. Yes, the more zh, z- the better. Oh, of we do. <laughs> The more zh, um,
0: we had quite the adventure happening yeah. from Lisbon. Chris and I, we we ditched uh. Mr. Omnitak and Mrs. Omnitak, yes. and went went from Lisbon to Barcelona, and quite possibly had one of the most hilarious. Chris and I were c- laughing so hard we were crying. Yeah, um, there's a young girl behind us who had a whistle.
1: Yeah, a whistle like, while waiting to get on the plane. Yes, yeah. For-
0: a good forty yeah. minutes. It was like a, it was like a
1: recorder whistle too, right? Like it, it was, was like a musical instrument whistle. Yes. One of the most like painful four things. Four year old girl that just wanted to play her whistle.
0: Um, but not just her whistle. That girl had a whole freaking <laughs> band in her backpack. <laughs> yeah, the dad
1: brought out drums. She was later like the Mary
0: like, Poppins yeah, of, cr- of yeah, musical cr- instruments. Cr- right, right, right. Like one thing after another, and everybody in the line was just like someone <laughs> yeah. silence this this immediately or we're yeah, all going it, to go crazy. It was
1: like a Saturday Night Live skit in, yeah. in real life. It was really funny. Yes, but, um,
0: but we made it here.
1: We did. And now we're sitting here in the Shop Talk Speaker Lounge. Yes. I want to give a big thank you to Shoppreme who yes. sponsored our work all week long. We did a bunch of interviews. They're all on LinkedIn. We yes. streamed them live. We'll try to get them out to our fans and our newsletter as well as soon as possible. But just really great lineup of interviews from executives from Coca-Cola, Mars Wrigley, yes, Morrison's. Morrisons. Uh, you name it, we were talking to him, and uh, we were up on stage a couple times Carrefour. as well. Carrefour, yeah. yeah. Some really great stuff. But, man like you said, we've got, we got two weeks of headlines to get through this two week. Two weeks, yes, Chris. What are we going to be talking about? Well, you know, it's a tough job, man but we had to do it, and we called it down to five, like we always do. Imagine that. Five headlines in a After Fast Five. After much debate. Right, yes. yes. Yes, this was one of the most highly debated uh, <laughs> weeks uh, in recent memory. But, all right, in today's Fast Five, we've got news on Shopify's layoffs. Firework adding AI to its shoppable video capabilities. Lululemon's attempt to thwart the dupe market. Dupe, shupe, dupe. All right, Sephora partnering with a new plet- tech platform. someone would might oh, might also say tech platform to make their products even more accessible to its customers. Well, we begin today. We begin today with big news out of Walmart and save me. I'm tired. Thank God you made long it. You made Europe. it.
0: All right, let's go to headline number one, Chris. Uh, Walmart is deploying the Vusion platform from partner SES and Magotag within U.S. stores as part of its digital shelf strategy. I don't feel like that, that headline sells the like magnitude of this, of this, uh, story. No, well, tell
1: us what you mean. Ed. Okay. So
0: according to the ICX association, the first phase will include 500 stores over the next year and a half for a total of 60 million digital shelf labels the platform has repeated reportedly been in development for more than 10 years and features innovations that range from smart rails combining connectivity and energy to battery less digital labels with enhanced performance so walmart's vice president bala prasana had this to say about the announcement Mm. quote changing price shelf labels in stores is time sensitive for our associates we've been testing digital solutions that will help us manage these price changes electronically Allowing associates more time to do what matters most—helping our customers—we're seeing positive results and are expanding the rollout of these electronic shelf labels. End quote. Chris, this also happens to be oh, the really? A&M put you on the spot. Question: Right in the first so, thing in the morning here. Yes, you oh got to kick God. it off. So shake off those cobwebs. It's like eight o'clock
1: in the morning here in Barcelona. Yes, all right,
0: um, Chris. They want to know, a has this important question about this big ESL announcement from Walmart. Yes. This marks a huge inflection point for the adoption of ESLs, electronic shelf labels, uh, which we expect to become more prevalent in the next one to two years. Okay. Chris. Yes. Do you think retailers like Walmart are thinking about using ESLs for more sophisticated applications like dynamic and day part pricing beyond the obvious labor efficiency benefit that Bala Prasana was talking mm. about in their announcement in their announcement statement about this in the
1: statement um, you know candidly I would say I doubt it and, okay. and I also I would add to it I hope not okay um, I think this announcement is really great it's a really great for a couple of reasons one I mean, we've been talking about this for years Like, I've, we've been on the ESL train on this show for a long time probably four or five years yeah. and in, in recent years like in the last one to two years I've been predicting that something like this was going to happen and so it's great to see Walmart go after this yeah but particularly it's great for, of course, you get the flexibility in pricing. It saves you time. It saves you labor, helps you get mark to market in your pricing with e-commerce much more easily. But the really cool thing about the announcement is, and we talked about this on stage yesterday with the CEO of SES, which yeah. coincidentally yeah, we we're interviewing. Did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we should just go to SES is a big partner of ours. They sponsor a lot of our work. They sponsored us at Shop Talk too. But, um, interviewed him alongside Trigo, the mm-hmm. CEO of Trigo, who's also been a great sponsor of our work and, I asked him, I was like, what makes the ESL particularly such a complementary piece to computer vision and AI? Mm -hmm. And it really is. It's kind of that linchpin piece of the setup, Mm -hmm. of the foundation of how you can think about a future digitized store or a smart store, mainly because of all the operational benefits it provides, right? Mm -hmm. You can correlate it with cameras, you know, across the shelves, in the ceiling, however you want to do it. To get a real time picture of your inventory, to get a real time picture of your prices on shelf. Mm -hmm. It can be used with pick to light capabilities to give operational efficiency for your in store workers, your third party pickers. There's so much ground or so much gold to be mined just from the operational side of this that I hope retailers, or I'd be, if I was advising Walmart, I would say, Walmart, stick to that before you even think about the catchy kind of soundbitey things like dynamic pricing yeah. and day pricing and changing prices whenever you want at the whim of whatever consumers down the aisle. Cause that's a road to nowhere, quite honestly. And it's probably a road fraught with friction from a PR perspective as well. Right. So I'm hoping that's not the case. And Yeah, I,
0: that. I, I don't, I, I hope that's not too, Chris, but I, I think you bring up some really, really important points that, you know, I would just highlight, you know, I think this shows the years of work that, you know, SDS and Mago tag with the vision platform ESLs in general that, that the companies creating these ESLs have put into it. Like it took a long time to get to this point. We, you know, the value proposition for electronic shelf labels, just the ability to to remove the the work and labor part of it. It it's it wasn't enough for people for a long time, and so I think that the big the big announcement here is that we're finally seeing electronic shelf labels and the capability, the work that these companies have put in to make them work as hard as they possibly can, and arguably one of the hardest working technologies in the store right now to be able to do all the things that you talked about, um, and to continue to offer benefits as we go down to more like in-store media efforts, and then you know part
1: is a part of this too, yeah, dwell
0: time in front, you know, out of stock, all these capabilities abilities mm-hmm. and I think the The second important point here is that I think that you look at a retailer like Walmart, and I think now is the time when A&M asks the good question of, you know, what are we going to see in the next one to two years? Mm -hmm. But how do we start to see other retailers that don't have the scale of Walmart start to adopt this? What does that look like? And I think that's where retailers need to be focusing on is what are the the other benefits that even if I'm not, you know, a retailer in the U.S. with 4,000 plus stores, how do I start to, you know, work my way up to what Walmart is able to roll out?
1: The retail media point is great too, because we talked about this with Coke, with uh, Simon Miles of Coke yesterday. We're like, okay, he's a huge expert on retail media. We're like, how is this going to play out in the store? We talked about the digital screens with ShopRite. And as as I was listening to him, and I I think you were too, we were kind of like, we're probably not going to, the the digital screen activation in the store is probably not going to be what people are thinking it is. Right. And probably it's going to be attacked most likely through things like this, where you're just doing it a little bit differently on shelf, a little bit easier, a little more flexibly, being able to react to your customer more in real time. But you're right, like, At the end of the day, the big number in this is Walmart. 60 million tags, right? 60 million tags Walmart's buying and deploying in 500 stores. Yeah. That is huge. Yes. And more people are likely going to follow because what Walmart does, people tend to follow. Oh, yeah. Especially in mass. All right. Headline number two, Shopify announced plans to cut 70%. Jesus. And let me start that one over. (laughs) <laughs> Shopify announced plans to cut seventy would be a big number. Seventy percent would be huge. I want to make sure I get that. Tobias Luki right. is like yeah. freaking
0: out. He's like quivering <laughs> with his bagel in in Montreal or, or to Toronto.
1: Whoa! I can't even read a number. I'm that tired. Shopify announced plans to cut twenty percent of its workforce and to sell off its shipping delivery service, Deliver. With <laughs> Two R's and deliver. How do you say that? I mean, you're in Barcelona. Do you roll the R's? Deliver. You can roll your R's? Oh, my God. You can't roll your I R's? I can't roll my R's, no. Oh,
0: man. Uh, That's maybe one thing I have over yeah.
1: here. Yeah. No, my one. My question, though, is is it? Is it how come it's not deliver R? Like, you know, like a pirate? Deliver R. Uh,
0: well, I think, actually, that would, one, require adding another vowel, because I think that would be deliver, D E L I V E. Do You like the pronunciation of that R? Even the R in a pirate sound has deliver. -er. I think it's not
1: supposed to be that, but it forever is going to be that now on this show. Deliver R.
0: Well, good. Good thing. Good thing that it's not a part of Shopify anymore. So hopefully we will not have to talk about that or go down this rabbit
1: hole ever again. Yes. But according to the Associated Press, those affected, and this is a serious story, actually. So as much as I liked doing pirate sounds with deliver, According to Associated Press, those affected will receive 16 weeks of severance pay and medical benefits. In regards to the aforementioned deliverer, Shopify plans to sell those assets to Flexport in an all-stock deal and will receive a stake of about 13% in Flexport, bringing its total ownership in Flexport up to the high teens. And what do you think this signals?
0: You know, I, I, I think the... The layoffs are unfortunately something that we're seeing across all of the tech yeah. market right now. I think, um, you know, like we've heard at this conference quite a bit, like, you know, it was required during the pandemic. Everybody scaled up their tech teams. I think, you know, unfortunately, it's now, you know, how do we figure out how to get the balance sheet in line, make, make operations as lean as possible. But I I think when we start to look at, I'm going to focus more here on what Shopify's future is and why they're making this move. And I think we heard Shopify focus on, you know, during the pandemic, like, they they're a great partner mm-hmm. for reach for a lot of retailers not just SMBs but even larger retailers are using the platform and they were really going after this idea of being you know Amazon being mm-hmm. everything trying to get as much of the the revenue uh, or be as much of a part of the foundation of all of these retailers as they could And it's not working. Mm. And so I think that if I were Shopify, you know, my focus would be here. I still think they have a huge opportunity in the marketplace space. They tried to do it with the shop app and some other things. I think that's, if I'm Shopify right now, that's where I'd be focusing my efforts is how do I, how do I rethink that? I think it was just a little bit before its time, but how do I rethink the power that I have empowering all of these retailers and really you know, having that be a place to search. You don't need to be the fulfillment arm. Yep. You don't need to be all the things. But like, focus on the the flexibility and ease that you have as a tech provider to get stores up and running, and then bring them into your ecosystem.
1: So, so net net, you think it's like a, you like the move. You think it's a good, it's good, good, good for like, them to focus on their core competency. I, you don't yeah. like that I don't like the layoffs, off, but,
0: obviously. But. but I think that yeah, they're focusing like everybody has to do right now. Focus on what your unique proposition is, and it's just it's not being the the Amazon. For yeah yeah right 100
1: yeah i think i agree with you uh, i think it's a good move it's a smart move inherently because and we called it i think you said this too but we called it out when they were making this move which is yeah while it sounded good on paper there was an important strategic call out which is shopify was never amazon right amazon was originally a retailer amazon understood as a retailer how to get goods from place to place mm-hmm. shopify was in essence a platform that started by helping small people try to sell a lot of stuff, Yes, right? People that have no idea how to do e-commerce, get them up easily, right. running quickly. So that's a big difference. And so when you look at it from that strategic lens, I'm like, yep, smart move, sell this off. And they're selling it off to Flexport, which by the way, is coincidentally run by a 24-year, 24-year Amazon veteran in Dave Clark. So he's going to know how to do this better than they are. Right. And the stock trade makes them take upside in them selling it off and then potentially doing well with this too. So Give it to the people that know how to do it. Focus on your core. Hopefully there's upside for both parties. One plus one potentially equals three. I like that setup. I think it's really smart at the end of the day.
0: All right, Chris, let's move on to headline number three. So Firework has added AI to its live stream shopping capabilities. According to The Current, Firework (laughs) recently (laughs) released a beta version of a live shopping platform assisted by the hottest topic that everybody is talking about every single conference on every single stage here and otherwise is which is generative ai
1: and rightly so yes yeah, in my sure, opinion for sure yes
0: um so they launched this with a fresh market and the tool enables customers to use the in-video chat tool of a live stream long after the initial session is over, which means shoppers will be able to ask questions about the products or services featured in a live stream after it plays live and is still available for viewing viewing on a brand's website. And then the AI engine will provide responses in real time. For instance, yes,
1: and give me an example, please. If you
0: look at the video that we posted on <laughs> LinkedIn or on our YouTube channel yes, of how this right. works, um, shoppers can go, they can see a recipe being prepared and they can, chat right next to the video and say what's the recipe for the salad what is that salad dressing that they're using and then the generative ai tool will immediately provide the ingredients add them to your you can add them to your basket check out go get your stuff right at the, your closest fresh market it's a dream so, in my opinion but chris what do you think so
1: i can learn how to make an italian dressing I can just ask how to make the Chris, Italian dressing in the video. you can get
0: the recipe, but whether or not that's going to be an edible <laughs> I can thing make the is dressing. quite another. The, I can, the AI is not that I, good, yes. I, I can but get
1: the ingredients, but I can't make the recipe. That's, yes, that's yes. Well said, Anne. All right, um, what do I think of this? Uh, I love this one too, mm-hmm. you know, and this is one, um, you know, and Shot Fireworks is a sponsor of ours, so like, you know, when we put them in the headlines, it's, it's very thoughtful and very deliberate, and, and it got validated by... Loyal Army Talk fan Fredo yesterday, as we were talking about the headline, she's like talking to me about this on Twitter, about how much she likes it. And we're going mm-hmm. on a stream and like because it's important, you know, yes. and it gets back. I think it's so smart because it gets back to what we've talked about on the show. And I will say it till I'm freaking blue in the face. The idea here is shoppable video in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's not about the live streaming element. This enables the elements of a live stream to live on. Long after the actual live production. Right. Think about this for our webinars. If we had this for our webinars where people are engaging with us in real time through text chat. Right. Like if we could actually still do that while the content's living out there in perpetuity. Right. That's valuable. Yeah. Valuable. Especially if it's, especially if it's done in a way that is promoting the content that you want to send to people. So like our thoughts, our feelings or the p- aspects of the products, as in this case, which is probably the most applicable form of expression of using this technology, you know, to, to highlight the products in that way. So, you know, ultimately I like that too for a financial reason because when you do that you're 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 creating better conversion over a longer period of time with the same asset so mm-hmm. you're taking the video and you're enabling it to convert for a longer period of time which by the way what i just said is the essence of better ROI. That is the definition of making your assets work harder for you. Right. So there's nothing to lo- nothing not to love about this announcement, in my opinion, Anne.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's much to add. You've kind of covered all the benefits. I, I wanted to say one thing about, mm. I think, the challenges that, that some retailers may face with this right. and, and the importance of how to overcome those challenges. Yep. We've heard a ton here. At, I mean, I would say the most surprising thing that I've heard from the retailers that we've interviewed on stage or that we've talked to in passing is how much retailers are using generative ai already for content creation mm-hmm. and i think that you know as someone coming from an internal creative agency at a large retailer you know that makes your creative teams nervous they're that they, you know you're whether or not their jobs are going to right. be around still like what you know what how you maintain that brand voice how you maintain the brand authenticity like you know can you do that using a tool like generative ai And I think the important thing to hear is, yes, you can. Like, this tool is so powerful. This is like, I I think, you know, we're still feeling the, how, how impactful this generative AI is going to be. It's the, it's the new internet. Like, I, I think the, the issue is this will still, this is able to before. This is not the chatbots of old. Like, this (laughs) is, this experience is able to replicate in your brand voice, you know, with the, the brand standards in place the experience that you want for your customers. And so now it's about, you know, restructuring your creative teams to be able to feed this engine to help support this experience. It's not going to be the same, but it is going to end up being a tool that will aid in in the creative process.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and since we're at shop talk too, like the other part for me with AI is these are the, these are the like kind of the, the use cases we all understand because they're they're pivots on what we've seen before. Right. But my other big takeaway is the, the AI use cases for what we don't know yet are just now starting. Right. And when you start thinking about that in the intersection of commerce, then it's like, holy crap, what's next? You know, is this mobile? Is this the, the, the dawn of e-commerce in the nineties? Is this the next big shift? My gut is telling me it is, but we'll find out, Ann. Right. All right, before we get to headline number four, this is the part of our podcast where we also tell you about another Great retail conference, Ann and I are heading to this summer because what would be a week at OmniTalk without being at a conference? There's only a few weeks left until the doors open for Home Delivery World USA 2023, the largest event for e-commerce, retailers, grocers, CBGs, and 3PLs in the U.S. And it's happening this June 14th and 15th in Philadelphia. 5,000 people will be walking the ex- exhibition floor filled with over 350 exhibitors and 250 speakers don't miss out tickets are limited join Anne and me and get yours before it's too late you can register for free at terrapin.com home delivery world that's terrapin terrapin slash home delivery world Everyone.
0: We're going to be there in like a month,
1: Chris. I know, dude. It's crazy. Dude, I just dropped a dude for the you first did, time ever in did. the history of this podcast. Speaking of dudes, let's now talk about dupes.
0: Okay, let's All do All right. It.
1: Headline number four, Lululemon is going after dupes. According to Yahoo Finance, Lululemon has adopted what some would call an unconventional approach to combating a trend towards cheap knockoffs, their words, not mine, of its products proliferating the market. To combat the problem, this past weekend, Lululemon hosted a, quote, a line-legging dupe swap, end quote. That, say that 10 times fast. Do you, do
0: you know what even any of those words <laughs> in that thing mean? Well, I know
1: a line is one of their pants, right? It's one of their brands of pants. It's better yep. than I thought. Yep. that's you. You're we're ahead yes. of the game. So actually, yes, I do. I know what all four of those words mean. Great. But, but they hosted a, a line-legging dupe swap at the dupe swap, dupe swap, at the Westfield Century City Mall in Los Angeles. Their store gave away one free pair of black Align high-rise pant 25 inches, I guess, that can retail for $118 each to anyone that walked in wearing a dupe of the signature leggings.
0: Those never go on sale either.
1: Oh, really? The black color never goes on black sale. Black never goes on color? No, uh, on sale. Never goes on sale. Wow. Woo, stroke moment, stroke moment, stroke other. Uh, and Lululemon reportedly already has similar dupe swap events planned for London Shanghai and Seoul yes and this is gonna be That's great me yeah I'm, I'm prefacing this because this could be an all-time epic headline uh, discussion you fought with me harder on this headline to put this in the fast five this week than you have ever before in the history yes. of this show I'm curious. After a night's rest in Barcelona and a great Craig David concert uh, on the beach last Monday, night, Monday
0: took a four drink on Tuesday. <laughs> this is dangerous. Now that uh, I've got right? the microphone, now I want to like replicate the Craig David I, that trying, I was.
1: I, I know I'm trying to get you. I'm trying to get you going here. So my question for you is: Do you feel? Do you still feel the same way you did yesterday in arguing vehemently with me about this headline?
0: Yes, because I still feel like this is an important marketing. Like initiative, okay. So my reasons are this: it's importantly aimed at the next generation of Lululemon consumer who is going on TikTok, who is seeing the 180 million posts on TikTok with a hashtag Lululemon Do. That's a big audience that you're looking at. A lot of content that is, you know, talking to this next generation of consumer for Lululemon. Thousands of people look this up on TikTok. It is impressive. Thousands of people waited in line to do this dupe swap. like People were leaving because there were so many people waiting in line for this to get these pairs it's of pants. a free pair of pants. It's a free pair of pants. But what Lululemon gets from this is at least a thousand emails and contact information and they've acquired a thousand new customers. A thousand new customers that they get. How much are you paying for those customers on all the social platforms with all the targeting that you're doing and now you have... A thousand pairs of pants on people who were not wearing them before. And I think marketing tactic or not, like whatever you want to say about this, Lululemon has those two things. And I think that they're, that, that is worth validating as a marketing tactic. I think it works. What will they do after this? I think, you know, we're going to talk a lot about this. I think for me, the most important thing to focus on is Lululemon. We talked about this yesterday, Chris, is, you know, now that you've got that product on them, that product better hold up number one. And two, you better start reaching out to those people via the email addresses you collected when they got their free pair of pants and start talking to them about your resale program and how you can get them, use that as an entry point to get those lower price shoppers into the brand and keep them there until they can pay $118 for those leggings.
1: Whoa. All right. I one hundred percent disagree I, I just know I, know, I just I, I, I can't get on board with this this marketing tactic I just don 't like it at all okay um, I think there's a big difference between a customer and a returning customer mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day the reason that traffic is there at that store for that event is you're giving away a free pair of pants essentially and there's probably tons of people that are buying the dupe to then just go and exchange it so I right. wonder how much loyalty you're going to get from an effort like yeah. this The other point i that I think I'd bring home too, based on the following is People think the dupes are pretty interesting and pretty valuable too. So you're kind of playing up the angle of, Hey, why do I need to pay this for a Lululemon pant? And probably the people that want to can't. So the dupe market, depending on the level of quality, which we've talked about, we can go from knockoffs to like really, you know, close quality to there's a whole range of probably right. dupes out there, but that's serving a niche for the people that can't pay it. And that's going to still be a limiting factor for Lululemon in the long run. So what I like a lot better is what you hinted at here, mm-hmm. which is, Why don't you take this marketing money, which this has got to be really expensive per event, and why don't you start putting it towards resale? Why don't you start putting it towards your resale efforts and getting people that can't afford the product at the early stages, especially the younger generations, into the brand in a different way and keep them in the brand as well? I think that's a much more effective long-term strategy than single one-off events like this, which Mm -hmm. honestly feel like, to me, more marketing sizzle. Then long-term power. And this is nothing new, too. That's the other thing. Like The fact that people are duping or knocking off product has been around in retail since the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. It's not going to go away. There's so many aspects of this in terms of how brands compete with each other, whether they're doing private label or not, whether they're high-end brands like Lululemon or Gucci fighting this knockoff battle. So it's not anything new. I don't love the strategy. I'd rather see them go more on the resale. But final word but, because it's your headline. No, I think I, I, I don't know much more to, to add.
0: I think like let's just see what happens here. I think a lot of marketing efforts have been invested in in the past by a lot of brands, and yeah. I think this one will bring a larger return than some of those. Just doing an event, like even doing a Lululemon event where it's just you know you're you're giving away a headband or something of lesser value, like I think, or even sponsoring another event, like I think this is a strategic marketing move, and I I think there's some value to it. I think we'll start to see more customer adoption, especially in that next generation audience that doesn't have the cash yet to uh, to. Be in the Lululemon brand halo. So your thought is get get them
1: in early, make them even more, make them aspire for the brand even more. That's your take. I do. All right. right. We'll see see what happens. All
0: right. Um, All right. Let's go to headline number five. So Sephora is partnering with a new tech startup, Lucky, to connect its store inventory to any brand's D2C website. According to a Lucky company blog post, now when customers shop online on their favorite beauty brands websites, they're able to see nearby Sephora stores with the product availability in real time they can then purchase from sephora for same-day delivery or in-store pickup giving customers the fastest way to get the products they need from their desired local stores the partnership makes thousands of products accessible to more than uh to more u.s customers by offering them the option to pick up their online orders at a nearby retail location or have it delivered straight to their homes mm. chris um we've been talking a lot about this at shop talk um, lots of cpgs here mm-hmm. talking about going direct to consumer but what do you think about this news from Lucky?
1: Uh, I love this story. I mean, I think this is one I fought hard for this week too. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple key points I would make. One is, you know, I'm all in on the way they're doing this with the CPG and the retailers working together in a combined approach to go direct. Mm-hmm. The CPG is going it alone. And you could hear this when we were talking to Coca-Cola. You can hear it when we're talking to Mars. You can hear it in people on stage. There's there's still a lot of skepticism out there. And when you talk to experts too, like there's still a lot of skepticism skepticism out there about... CBG brands actually going direct and yes. fulfilling product themselves because there's just no way you can make money shipping something that costs... Especially with like a Coca-Cola. Like right. we talked to Simon right. about yesterday. Like, like yeah. it's heavy. You can't ship a <laughs> can't bottle ship of Coke. You can't ship that efficiently. Right? It's just yeah. not going to work. So, and, and, and you need to combine it with... Even if you're going to ship like a case or something, it's got to be combined with something else in the order to make it work. And, so, and the brands are going to struggle with that because yep. you know, no one's ever going to buy a bunch of stuff from Coke you know, directly. So they're going to buy it as a one-off. But the second point I make too is that by integrating with Sephora and the brands that Sephora sells, Lucky is actually doing something really different here than Mm -hmm. some of the other technologies in this space that we've highlighted before. Many of the technologies we've highlighted before are scraping the websites, right? They're scraping the websites for what they think are the inventory feeds. Here, you're getting a direct integration with Sephora's inventory and the brand's inventory, which ultimately leads to a better, more confident consumer experience in the long run. And that's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. So for that reason, and as I've said on social media a lot of times, I think it's just a matter of fe- a matter of time before this idea starts to take hold throughout the industry. And Sephora, if you think about it, is one of the best table setters for what's going to come because they're one of the best Omni Channel retailers. Right. And what they do, we've tended to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping the other retailers and brands are listening because this is something to watch because it will make the fulfillment of your products as a CPG and on behalf of the retailer that much easier to do and that much more cost efficient as well.
0: Yeah, and I think it'll give them a, there's a, such a huge opportunity here in the beauty market, especially when you start to think about mm-hmm. where consumers are seeing this content. Beauty's like you, you know, Beauty Alone has it's like one right. of great the point. most searched and engaged with pieces of content on mm-hmm. Instagram, on TikTok. And you start to think about, you know, what is that experience right now for your consumers? I see this You know, DIY beauty demo on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I click through to the brand's page to buy that item. Right now, you know, you're taken to the brand page, then you're taken to the store finder and you're taking, you, you know, you're getting the customer steps away from that content. Neil Reynolds and I from Mars Rigby, yep. we were talking about that and how they, they're challenged with that right now. You take them out of the content, you take them, you know, down a rabbit hole and then they can't get back to yep. that post that they were seeing. But now what you're able to do, you can take this, you can stay within the brand's experience. You're giving the brand that one to one relationship. The brand gets to see where, yep. where, what retailers are performing for them what what you know fulfillment options the customers want they're able to stay you know stay on top of that brand work through promotions now with that company with those companies where they're sending their consumers but ultimately they're giving their consumer the best possible experience and getting them back to that content Getting, you know, that's convenience. And I think that's the important yep. thing that we don't highlight. It's not about getting it quickly. It's about how, how do you keep the consumer, the, give them the least disruption possible to engage with your brand?
1: Yeah. I mean, you just, you just hit something on the head for me and that I hadn't thought about until you just said that. So kudos to you for, for the way you articulated that because what you have essentially here with this technological capability is you have a conversion driving tool mm-hmm. because like you said especially in the beauty space like you said I never thought about that like the beauty space is so heavily involved in social commerce you see that you're at the point of inspiration it's going to help drive conversion because it's going to take you to the brands you want that quickly with the confidence the inventory is there Right. and at the same time as an operational savings there aren't many technologies we're going to find the conversion and the operational savings Absolutely. in how the order gets fulfilled at the end of the day which is really important to think about
0: and I think the other thing too and you know I feel I Thank the you know Matthew Price and Neil Reynolds who were on the, my panel yesterday about convenience here for opening my eyes to this. It's it's not just about the consumer-facing thing too, but the the other part of this too is that it opens you up to set up your company better for other players in the space, the DoorDashes, the mm-hmm. Uber Eats of this, who are also going to be fulfilled. Like right now, it's here are the stores, mm-hmm. the the bricks and mortar locations you can mm-hmm. go to, but you're also setting up operational efficiencies when you start to talk about giving your content to those marketplace Places like DoorDash, like Uber Eats, to offer yeah, another level of fulfillment for you. Easily your fill into
1: this equation, too, right. in the long run. So, right. yeah, wow. Uh, great sort to end on. Really, really heady stuff there. Yeah. And really something to watch because it's, it's going to happen, folks.
0: All right. Let's go to the lightning round, Chris. Uh, this one comes from... Uh, mom omni talk i don't know Grandma omni
1: talk linda um, linda 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 s uh,
0: linda s of omni talk -talk listener uh so chris ditto which is a joint venture between joanne and singer uh (laughs) launched the first ever digital pattern projection system for home sewist did you know that's what a a person who sews is called a sewist a sewist Um, no i didn't add okay well ditto combines (laughs) algorithmic intelligence with digital projection to make patterns Paperless, customizable, and adaptable to specific body measurements, all in real time. Chris, I want to know uh, what is your favorite uh, <laughs> homemade clothing article, and how did it fit?
1: Three Do- words I would never thought I'd hear in this podcast: Joanne Singer and sewist. But sewist. Uh, yes. um, yeah, that's a good question. So, what's immediately coming to mind is uh, my mother when I was like three or four years old made me a ha- a homemade and handmade. Batman costume. Oh, yeah. how did it fit? Uh, it fit pretty good for my my wow. three year old body. Um, it really? was it wasn't. It was just like you know pretty basic. You know, and this was like 1960s Batman. You know what oh, he sure. looked like. Oh yeah, so it was yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing. But she did a great job, and I'm always appreciative for. Moms and uh, what she put into that effort. So, you should thank
0: it. her for that this Mother's Day.
1: I should, yeah. Mother's Day's too. Maybe I'll send her this little snippet here uh, from the podcast. Like, hey, mom, thanks for being my mom. Love you very much to all moms out there, Ann. Yes. We love you. We salute you. Mother's Day is this Sunday, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so, yeah. So, um, shout out to you guys. Yes,
0: you should thank her for being the OG Ditto. She She was Ditto <laughs> the before OG, Ditto. The
1: OG Ditto. Yes, before all the AI changed yeah. the world. All right, and Miller Life is partnering with chocolatier and entrepreneur Philip Ashley to create Miller High Life Bar Snack Truffles, mm. a dream come true. A collection of beer-infused chocolate confections that come in a six-pack of popular bar-flavored snacks designed to be paired with a six-pack of beer. <laughs> Not just a beer, a six-pack of beer. Yes, of you're going to fo- need six yeah, beers right, before right. you're going to want to eat these That's things. It's actually pretty funny. Of the following real flavors, Ann, grilled cheese, lemon pepper chicken, Pretzel praline, beer mm. nut, buttery popcorn, and sweet potato fry. Which one would you most like to try?
0: None. This feels like did you ever None? Dude, no, God, they what? sound disgusting. It's chocolate that tastes like lemon pepper chicken. No. Gross.
1: Yeah, don't do the chocolate part. Yeah, all those sound really good to me with a Miller High Life, but you're right. I never thought about it. No, that.
0: it's a truffle that tastes like that. It's is, do your kids ever have they ever made you play that jelly belly game called Bean Boozled?
1: No, what is that?
0: Oh, it's like a container of jelly bellies and each one tastes like one tastes like vomit one oh yeah that's like, terrible and you have yeah, to like that's spin disgusting it? i have oh, done that. that i that, can't even do is, that
1: it's so vile
0: miller high life that's what this game so you think yeah, this, this is so gimmicky me. yeah oh, right so okay. gross all right chris um next lightning round question this also coming from a family member of mine my brother john who's an avid listener of this podcast i but, love that
1: the family's sending us headlines now. i know uh, can you
0: tell they're like will you please come back to the u.s we miss <laughs> you <laughs> right or not, or they're just like, here, here's this is we know this will pique your interest. Um, uh, okay, so Amazon has put six properties in the Twin Cities where it had been planning to open Amazon Fresh stores up for sublease. What use case do you think is most likely for the sublease of these Amazon Fresh stores, Chris? Indoor pickleball courts or doggy daycares? <laughs> Both of which we have a deficiency in, believe it or
1: not. It's like picking the lesser of two evils, it's mm-hmm. like you know. Damien or the exorcist, or the omen or the exorcist, in my opinion. I My hunch is it would be more likely. I don't, I don't, I can I just, I'm going to go on left field. I want more veterinarians. Like, I think we need more veterinarians than day, doggy daycare. You need daycares. more
0: veterinarian yes. there's doctors not, in order to have more veterinarian.
1: That's clinics, true, that's true. That's a, a harder a operational thing to do. Yes. You're right. So, yes. all right, I'll go with the pickleball thing, even though yes. I've never played and am getting nauseous of it. And I heard there's a new version of pickleball with walls this weekend. Yeah, I don't know what it's called. Ken Pilot told us about it. He was it's like raving about Padel. it, but Padel, yes, yeah. right. So who the hell knows where this is gonna go? But anyway, the other part of that story, no Amazon Fresh in Minneapolis. Like I'm know, super bummed. And I know
0: my family's gonna be like
1: super bombed. You
0: lie, yeah. You I, lie I, about this Amazon yeah, store that was gonna come here.
1: Yeah, it's crazy how they're still focused on growing the physical retail presence without it. But all right, he, uh, lightning round question number four, Ann. This one's fun. Coca-Cola's Smartwater recently rolled out a robot Pete Davidson as part of its latest ad campaign. So my question to you is this, Anne. Who is the sexiest robot of all time? Oh,
0: my God. This came to me immediately. Really? Le- Lisa of Weird Science. Do you remember Weird Science? Did you ever watch that? Oh, she, is she my, a robot? She technically yes, a robot? she's a robot. She looked, She was like a model. She was like a British model. Oh, yeah. And then she would like go still and- my brother and I used to watch that show all the time. I oh loved yeah. Le- but for sure she's the only sexy robot I know. Kelly LeBrock, Brock,
1: right? That's her name. Yeah. I don't yeah, I, mean, I you think would know so. that. Yeah, yeah. Kelly she used to be married to Steven Seagal. Sure. Yeah, right? I mean,
0: you're definitely a sexy robot if you're gonna marry Steven Seagal. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's a good get out of the head. Who would yeah. you have picked? I would have picked the robot from Rocky Four. I She was she was smoking. Yeah. So
0: like on fire, actually. Did no, she... no,
1: not at all. But you know, you know, you know, Polly, Polly got with her too. That was a crazy thing. Polly, you know, Polly, Polly was a little loose. Like I, don't,
0: he, I think he might he, be one of seven people in the world that seen he, Rocky. 4.
1: He was a little ethically compromised. So I, you know, you never know what happened between him and that robot. You know, in the deleted scenes of Rocky Four. Oh my god! All right, that wraps us up today. Happy birthday today to Francis Fisher, Tim Blake Nelson, and to one of the people who was one of my early inspirations as a writer when I first read him as a young boy, Mike Lupica and <laughs> never knows what I direction I knew Lizzo <laughs>
0: before she was cool like Chris knew Mike Lupica before he's he was cool right and no on one cares
1: yeah right I always love when I throw you at this that's my favorite segment to do because I'm like Ed's like I never know what he's going to say who he's going to recognize I remember if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business make it OmniTalk. Talk the Omri, the, we are the only retail media outlet run by two former executives from a current top 10 retailer yes Two former executives from a current top 10 U.S. retailer. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features exclusive content that is special to us and we make it just for you and we try really hard to make it all fit within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.amitaka. blog. Thanks as always for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And we'll be back next week live from Minneapolis.
0: Yeah, we'll be home.
1: Yes, week. we'll be home. So until then, and on behalf of all of us at OmniTalk, as always, and... Be careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast
0: Five is brought to you in association with the A M Consumer and Retail Group. The a and Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Firework. Firework is the largest video commerce solution built for the world's leading brands. They empower brands with shoppable and live stream video on their own websites where people like to shop. Put your commerce in motion with Firework. Find out more at firework.com. And SPS Commerce. SPS Commerce is redefining how businesses across the supply chain operate in an omni-channel world. Their experts, tech, and data work together to fuel your growth and deliver for your customers. To find out more, head to spscommerce.com. And finally, Cezzle Sezzle is an innovative buy-now-pay-later solution that allows shoppers to split purchases into four industry payments over six weeks. To learn more, visit Cezzle.com